What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. It must have been a frightening moment for Abigail. I don't know what she was doing when they rushed in. Was she cleaning the pots and pans in the kitchen of the day? Or or was she looking over the financial books of her husband? Because it does say in the Bible that Abigail was a discerning and beautiful woman. Now, it's interesting that word beautiful used there is only used of two other women. Rachel, one of Jacob's wives, and Esther. Both women known for their beauty. So Abigail was truly a beautiful woman, but it also says she was discerning. She was smart. She was wise. And I don't know what she was doing, but when her servants burst in, and maybe they'd come from a long way, and when they stopped her, I can imagine she looked over, and these servants were nervous, and they they told her, Abigail... Abigail, you don't know what just happened. Abigail, if we don't act soon, something horrible is going to happen. I'm worried all the men will be wiped out. I'm sure Abigail wasn't ready to deal with a problem like that. I'm sure Abigail was just going about the busyness of her day. And then to get news that her family... The men, all the male servants, were about to get wiped out. How? Where? Who? What? I'm sure Abigail said, please tell me, what are you talking about? Now remember, Abigail is a discerning woman. And I hope, whether you're male or female, whoever is listening to this I hope that's a goal for you, that you want to be known as someone who is discerning, someone who is thoughtful, someone who is wise and looks around and can take the wisdom of what the Bible says and live it out practically. And that, some ways, is what Abigail is here. She's discerning. She's smart. But she can take that wisdom and that intelligence and then live it out in a wise way. Because at this moment, if Abigail doesn't act quickly, 
this problem before her is going to take all the wisdom she can muster. So what is this problem? Well, David, he's been running away from Saul. He's been trying to hide from Saul. But here in 1 Samuel chapter 25, we come across a story that seems to come out of the blue. But I think it's a story that just hints at how, how God took care of David and watched over him and how he brought other people into his life. But more importantly, I think it shows us what discernment can do in the life of a person and in the life of Abigail. Well, David, right, he'd been running away from Saul, trying to stay alive, living in these strongholds. Well, earlier, before Saul had been chasing after him, he had been out in the wilderness and he had taken care of the sheep of a man named Nabal or Nabal. And Nabal or Nabal, it literally means fool. I mean, that's what he was, a fool. And, and he literally went after his name, Nabal. But David showed kindness to Nabal and, and, and all his sheep. And guess what? He had three thousand sheep. And he also had a thousand goats, which made him, as the Bible says, a very rich man. To have all that cattle back then, to have all those sheep, to have all those goats, man, he must have had money coming out his ears. Well, David took care of his sheep and he watched over them when they were out there. He took care of the goats, watched over them so they weren't attacked by coyotes, so they weren't stolen by other owners who were trying to steal sheep. He protected them, and that was a service that he gave. But David realized, I could demand money now, but I'm going to wait. And I'm going to demand some payment for, for, for taking care of these sheep and for taking care of these goats. And I'm going to demand money later. Well, now the time had come. I don't know how much earlier or how earlier David had taken care of it. Might have been a couple years, might have been a couple months, might have been a year. But David says, now is the time to demand some payment for the services rendered. What they did was fair. And, and what they did was something that they practiced back then. And so therefore you, as the sheep owner, Nabal, when you find out what David and his men did, you would therefore repay them. And David realizes he could really use the money now, you know? He could really use the food now. So he sent 10 young men. And he says, I want you to go up to Carmel and I want you to talk to Nabal, that really rich dude, you know? And I want you to say, David sent me. Greet him in my name. And then I want you to say specifically this. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. David's coming in peace. And he clearly wants to convey that. And the other thing is David's showing up during harvest time. And in harvest time... This was a great time to be a to be a person who owns sheep, right? 
Because you're harvesting all that sheep. You're shearing all this sheep. And you're thinking, man, this wool is going to get me money here and money there. And therefore, because of the happiness of the moment, many of the people would hold lavish parties and sing and rejoice. And David says, if I show up now, he's going to give me the money. Because he's rejoicing, he's getting paid for his wool, the money's flowing in, and I will get paid what I am owed. And so he sends his men on a feast day, thinking this is going to be great, this is going to be wonderful. Well, Nabal, or Nabal, says he was a Calebite, which means... He probably was a descendant of Caleb, one of the two good spies. Caleb who fought the giants. He was a great man of faith. Well, Caleb, the Hebrew word there, also has a root word or a root idea of dog or canine or churlish, or like a dog. So yes, Nabal came from some great stock, some great background, but this is probably signifying Nabal, he acts like a dog. He's a jerk. He's an idiot. He will bite you, and he's mean, and he's angry, and he's vicious, and he's just not a nice person at all. You know, would you like that to be said of you? Now, I know me. I'm too much of a people pleaser, right? I go out of my way to make people happy. And maybe that's too much. But you know what? It does matter to me what people think of me. I'd like when people hear my name or when they talk of me, they say good things. They say happy things. But there are people in this world who just don't care. And that's Nabal. But the Bible says even a child is known by his doing. And, and I hope you have a good name amongst your friends. I hope you have a good name amongst your neighbors. I hope you're not known like Nabal to be mean and crotchety and angry and triggered. Well, Nabal was, and when these men from David showed up to collect what they owed, Nabal says, no way! I'm not going to give you this money. In fact, he says, who is this David? What a mean thing to say. Everybody knew who David was. Oh, I don't know any David. Basically, he's mocking him. He's saying he's not worth much. He's probably thinking about all his money and all his riches. And he says, should I take my bread and my water and my meat and give it to men who come from I do not know where? And he's saying no. He's probably thinking, I want this money for myself. David did what he did, but he should have checked with me for I don't know. But he is not paying him and his mean, crotchety personality comes out. Well, the men go back. And they tell David what happened. And David, he gets angrier and angrier when he hears how he got cheated out of his money. He turns to his men and he says, listen, 
Strap on your swords, men. We are going to Carmel, to Nabal's house, and we are going to kill him and wipe out all the men of his family. And it says in 1 Samuel 25 that he took 400 of the 600 men and they were headed towards Nabal's house to wipe him and all the men out. Later on, Jesus says, when people berate you or make fun of you or or when people are mean to you, to turn the other cheek, to respond to wrath with kindness. Earlier, David would not kill Saul. He would not kill God's anointed. But here he's like, I'm going to wipe him out. Because he wouldn't pay me what he owed, I am going to utterly kill him. I don't think this is a good response by David. I think in many ways this shows that he is still at heart very human. And when he feels slighted and when he feels affronted and when he feels disrespected, I know when I feel disrespected, man, that makes you mad. But he's going to kill his whole family. Well, at least all the men. He's going to wipe them all out. Again, David wouldn't touch the king that God's anointed. He he respected those above him, but I think those on the same par or people he felt were below him, he had no problem wiping them out. And I think David is acting out a point of rage and a spirit of anger, and this isn't right to kill him. Well, that's what he's doing, and he's heading towards... Nabal's house. And this is where we started the story because some of the servants who heard what happened, they came running to Abigail, Nabal's wife. They didn't go to Nabal because they say, we can't talk to him. He won't listen to us. He's too angry and mean and stubborn. And he thinks he knows what to do is right. And don't even tell me what to do. I'm always right. And you can't talk to him. And so instead... They go talk to Abigail. And they're smart, these servants. Why? Because they go to the one person who will listen. And they go to the one person who can have some impact upon this whole situation. And that's Abigail. Because they realize if they probably heard, David's coming to kill me and to kill you and to kill everybody. And what are we going to do? We can't talk to Nabal. And they're like, let's go talk to Abigail. She's beautiful. Yeah, she really is beautiful, isn't she? Yeah. But you know what? She's nice and she's discerning and she's not stuck up and she's not mean. Let's go talk to her. So they go talk to her. And Abigail is a smart woman. As well as extremely good looking. But she is a smart woman. Now, how did this beautiful wise woman end up with such a jerk like Nabal? I don't know, but it happens occasionally, right? You go, man, you are mean, but I like your wife. Or, man, your wife is mean and nasty, but you know, you as her husband, you are really cool. And sometimes I think God brings together the good people to balance out and help the bad people. Maybe Abigail had been doing this all her life, coming behind Nabal, cleaning up his messes. Maybe Abigail realized she made a mistake by marrying Nabal, but she stuck with it. Or maybe it was a She didn't have a choice. 
And that's probably it. She was arranged to marry Nabal and she didn't have a choice. And he grew angrier and angrier and angrier. And Abigail grew wiser and wiser and more beautiful as the days went on. Well, the servants are like, Abigail, what are we going to do? I don't want to die. He's going to come here, David, to wipe us all out. And so she's thinking, I can imagine she's pacing back and forth. What are we going to do? And she hears the story. The men were out there with the goats years or months earlier. And they tell her that what David said he did, he actually did. And he did a good service for Nabal. And he protected all their animals. So Abigail's thinking they deserve the food. So she quickly gets together 200 loaves of bread. I mean, that was an amazing amount back then. And then two skins of wine. These were big bags. They would take goat skins or calf skin or camel skins. And then they'd keep wine in there or water. So two big skins of wine and five sheep already prepared. And then seven quarts of parched grain. So they can turn it into flour and then a hundred clusters of raisins, which doesn't sound that exciting today, but back then that was a delicacy. Dried grapes and to have a hundred clusters of it and then 200 cakes of figs. And figs, again, were a delicacy, something beautiful that you'd want to taste and eat. And, oh, this would be great. And 200 of them. And for Abigail to be able to get that much food that quickly, it shows you how rich Nabal was. And to fulfill David's request would have been nothing for him if Abigail can get this much stuff this quickly. Man, Nabal was cheap, and he was mean. But Abigail is wise and discerning, and she gets all this stuff, and she puts him on a donkey. And she goes, listen, I know they're coming, and you go before me, she says to the young men. Go before me, and, and, and I want you to, again, lead these donkeys out there, and I want you to meet David before he gets here. I mean, this is a fast-acting, smart woman. She's so smart, the Bible says she doesn't tell Nabal. She doesn't tell him. She knew what he would do. He would stop this. And then all these men would die for the sake of the lives of the men who work for her and her own husband and male children. She had to act now, and so she sends the men out. And they go on before her, and she hops on a donkey, and they ride off. This is hilly country, and they're following the road. And as they get there, maybe up on a hill, she sees these 400 men marching with death on their minds. They are going to kill all of Nabal's family, and they are marching, and she sees them. And then David comes up on a hill, and then they come up on a hill. And David sees these donkeys with gift after gift after gift. And here comes Abigail, probably riding her donkey ahead of the other donkeys. And they all stop, and David's troops stop, maybe yards from these donkeys full of gifts and her men. And it says that 
Abigail hops off her donkey and falls down on her face and bows to the ground. She's smart. She's discerning. Why? She's showing kindness to David. She's showing submission to David. She literally falls at his feet. And she says, first of all, David, listen, the guilt is on me and mine alone. But please listen to me and, and hear the words that she keeps using the word servant. And so she, she's saying, I'm submissive. I don't want to hurt you. I am here to help. I am your servant. And she admits that her husband Nabal is a worthless fellow. And she even says, Nabal means fool. Guess what? My husband is a fool. But please, basically she says, don't kill all the men of my family. Please take these gifts instead. Don't kill the men of my family. Why? Because you don't want this. You don't want this on your name. You don't want this to happen to you. You're doing this out of rage, out of anger. And then she says something interesting. She says, My Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living in the care of the Lord your God, and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out. It's from the hollow of a sling. What she's getting at there is, Yahweh is with you, David. And he's bundled you up. And he's holding it close in the care of him. And guess what? What I've heard and what I've seen, the lives of your enemy are defeated by Yahweh. And he slings them out as from the hollow of a sling. And I think when she said that, when she mentions the sling, he immediately, David, thinks, hmm, when was the last time I killed somebody with a slingshot? Oh, yeah, Goliath. And who did that come from? Oh, yeah, it came from God. Yahweh did all the fighting, really. Yeah, that's true. See, Abigail is smart, discerning, using past events. And she's basically saying, let the Lord fight for you. Don't you fight. Please, you do not want this upon your conscience when you become king. Because she's saying, you're going to become king someday. The Lord is that much with you. You're going to rule over Israel. Don't let this rash anger cause you to do something you regret and you have pangs of conscience. When you're king, please don't do it. Let the Lord fight for you. Let the Lord work it out. And I think that's a truth we can still live today, right? We sometimes want to take situations in our own hands. We want to punch and fight. We want to get in people's faces. We want to win a fight with my brother, you know. And, and, and hey, you know, maybe your brother has treated you unfairly. Maybe you have a friend who isn't treating you fairly. But yelling and screaming and kicking and just get, makes it worse and worse. Go talk to a parent. Go talk to a friend. But if things don't change, 
then I would say pray and take it to the Lord and wait upon him to act for you. Maybe you're at work and you have some business colleague who stole some sale from you and you should have had that money. And man, it's unfair how you were treated. I feel that. Man, I've heard that again and again with friends and sales. And I just want to say in a situation like that, what you got to do is say, I'm going to leave it to the Lord. I'm not going to manipulate. I'm not going to backstab. Or maybe you're working at a church and things you wanted to get done aren't going to happen. And the vote went against you on the elder board or the deacon board. And man, you know what? If I manipulate things, if I talk to this person, I can get this person turned. And you do things in your own strength and in your anger. Remember, the Bible says anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. If you do things in anger, it's not good. Instead, wait upon the Lord. Pray, tell him about your situation, and wait for him to act. When you've done all you can, when you've talked to people and made your case, and if you're safe, you know, I wouldn't hang out with friends who are abusive. Get out of that situation. But once you're safe, the only thing you can do is pray. Trust God, and that's what Abigail is telling David. Let the Lord fight for you. And David, he says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion, and blessed be you. You're right, Abigail. I can't just lash out. I can't have this upon my conscience. Thank you for waking me up and realizing my folly. And then he takes all the gifts. <laughs> all right, I'll take the 200 figs. I'll take the 200 loaves of bread. I'll take it all. And thank you for the payment. Go in peace. I've granted your petition. Whew. Abigail saved the day. And if you're named Abigail or Abby, you're named after somebody who is an amazing woman, who's smart and discerning, and man, I hope you are too. Well, Abigail goes back home, and she comes in, and here is Nabal. And it says, he is holding a feast in his house, and he is drunk out of his brain. He drank so much wine and he got drunker and drunker and he had this huge feast. And what he never realized was he was about to be killed. He was about to be wiped out. And instead of preparing and being wise and responding like Abigail, he just parties. He just gets wild and has fun at a party and gets drunker and drunker and drunker. Remember, Nabal means what? Fool. And this is a man acting like a fool. He's just flaunting his wealth. Well, Abigail comes to him. And she doesn't tell him anything until the next morning. Because she realizes, if I tell him anything now, he's so drunk, he'll just forget. And he falls asleep and probably falls asleep on his couch and all his friends leave. Well, the next morning, when Nabal gets up, Abigail tells him, there were 400 men headed your way. They were on their way to kill you. And they were on their way to kill our sons and all the male servants and to wipe all the men of this family out. 
And you know what Nabal did in response to the news? <gasps> he became so afraid. It says his heart died within him and he became a stone. He just froze in terror. He wasn't dead yet. But he just froze in terror. I don't know if he had a seizure in the fear. I don't know if he had a brain meltdown, but he just froze. And it says, the Lord, 10 days later, struck Nabal and he died. I don't know if he just stopped his heart. I don't know if he gave him one more seizure and there went all his brain. But 10 days later, in this frozen condition, the Bible says he was as if he was stone. 10 days later, the Lord killed Nabal. The Lord struck him down. The Lord took care of David. The Lord meted out justice. The Lord did what was right in his eyes. And man, he saved David from a huge rash anger, embarrassment, and he used beautiful, discerning Abigail to help David make that choice. And so when David hears that Nabal has died and he's thinking, hey, I liked Abigail. She was pleasant on the eyes and she's smart and she's wise. I'm going to marry her. And so they become husband and wife. Now, it says that he had been married to Michael. Well, Saul got so mad that he took his daughter Michael from David and gave her to somebody else. Well, when Abigail hears that David wants to marry her, I think all the money they had would have gone to somebody else. And maybe Abigail would have been destitute at this point. She had no right over the property at that time in that culture. And then to hear that David is going to marry her. She bows at the feet of the messengers who come to tell her that David wants to marry you. And she goes, behold, your handmaid is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. She's again showing submission and kindness and joy and wisdom. And she'll be a wonderful wife for David. Abigail saves the day, and Abigail makes for herself a future. But you know why Abigail was able to do all that? Because she trusted in the Lord. Because she trusted in Yahweh. Because she took her faith and made it practical. Because she took her faith and her discernment and said, I'm going to be wise. The Bible talks about women and men who use their beauty just for their own selfish ends. It's like throwing pearls before swine. Pigs don't care about the beautiful jewelry. They'll just chomp it up. And it's the same way with men and women who take their beauty and they use it for selfish gain. Abigail used it for wise purposes. And she took her intelligence and used it for wise purposes. And she lived in a wise way. The wisest thing she told David was let the Lord fight for you. And I think in many ways, Abigail lived that same rule out, right? That same truth. She didn't pursue David. She didn't chase after him. She put her trust in the Lord. And guess what? The Lord provided for her. The Lord fought for her. I pray that can be said of all of us. 
Let's not put our hope and strength in our money, in our smartness, in our good looks, in our athletic ability. No, let's put our trust and our faith in the Lord and that He will make all things right and that He will fight for us. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.